can't really sing. <laughs> yeah. La 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 la. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the SPNY podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Don't forget to subscribe to the Sports Blog New York channel on iTunes. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a rating and review because it goes a far way. And we appreciate every single listener. Also on today's episode, we have JM Mancave Sports. You can follow on Instagram at JM Mancave Sports. Their special giveaway of a Jerry Rice Super Bowl 23 MVP picture. We have a winner. And we are going to announce that winner about halfway through today's show. So stay tuned to that. And again, that's at JM Mancave Sports on Instagram. And the winner, you'll be hearing his name or her name about halfway through the show. So stay tuned. And then lastly, we launched our Facebook page today. I know what you're thinking. Facebook's not really a new thing. Where were we at? Well, hey, we have a good Twitter, and that's at SportBlogNYC. But we're back on Facebook as well, and you can search us, SportsBlog New York, on Facebook. So like that page. Content coming out of all ends. Today we're going to get deep into the NFL draft, a mock draft of sorts. Be touching on everything uh, from Miles Garrett, the number one pick, to the crazy quarterback situation, what the Jets should do. Is Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded? Tony Romo is now going to be released by the Cowboys. Are there some QB sleepers, a Dak Prescott in this year's draft? And then, of course, some of the high-profile names like John Ross, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, Delvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Jimmy Peppers. We'll touch on everybody. And then, of course, we'll get into the Giants as well and what they should do at number 23. But first, I want to introduce some of our guests for the day. Coming back with us again here tonight, the co-founder of SportsBlogNewYork.com, we got Phil DeMeo. What's up, man? I'm back. How is everybody doing? Glad to be here, Pete. Of course, man. Happy to have you on the pod again. Again. At your house again, of again. course. But this is great. And then we got, not my brother, not my cousin, not my uncle, but we share one of the greatest names of all time. We got Kevin Kennedy, Mr. Mock Draft Extraordinaire for SportsBlogNewYork.com. Kevin, what's up? How's it going, fellas? And then last but not least, last but not least, we got another guy, big Jets fan, but he don't stop there when in the world of football. We got Greg Marcuso. How you doing, my brother? Doing well. How's it going? Thanks for having me. We got a lot on the bill today, so we want to get moving, but we got to start off with some news in the recent history of NFL. They're coming out with news left and right, and this one happens to pertain to the New York Giants. So Brandon Marshall ain't going too far. He's switching locker rooms, if you will. The ex-Jet is now a New York Giant. He's going to be lining up with Odell Beckham. Uh, Phil, I'll go to you first. What was your initial reaction right off the bat to seeing the, seeing the news? Well, I think when he was first released by the Jets, I think everyone's first reaction was, he's a fit for the Giants. We spoke about it yesterday. Is he a fit or not? It's kind of just obvious. So, I think great pickup for the Giants for one, two years. Um, Brandon Marshall kind of wears his welcome, it looks like. So, the windows one, two years. Same window as Eli Manning. He's 36, 36 years old. So this, the Giants are going after it. Do they have the best receiving coin in the NFL with Beckham, Marshall, and Shepard? You know, they have they have the right to say that. So it's a great move by the Giants. We'll see if it works out. Marshall, I you said yesterday, he's a big ego. Big, big, he's a leader also. So we'll see which Marshall they get. Do they get the Marshall from the, the first year of the Jets or the second year of the Jets? It's a big, big question mark for Brandon Marshall and the Giants. And that's the thing that I, I kept bringing up today when you know people were asking me my opinion. I had Alec, uh, who's a host with us on Monday mornings a lot. He kept saying that he's not happy with this, 
and he's a big Giants fan. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall's a locker room cancer, and he's not a good person to have on a team. He's not going to influence Odell Beckham in the right way. Yeah. And to that I say, you don't know all the information about what goes on in a locker room. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to say that Brandon Marshall is a cancer. Mm-hmm. But I think it is fair to say that he can wear out his welcome. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between a cancer. I, I use this, this analogy. He's not a cancer. He's, he's the flu. <laughs> like he's... It's a little intense to call him a cancer, in my opinion. And he's proven now with his time in Chicago, his time with the Jets, that year one, he don't want to be that guy who's the, the cancer. He don't want to be the cancer. He has too much pride. Two the words out of my mouth. 2015, Brandon Marshall, career high, 14 touchdowns, 1,500 yards, 109 catches. With Ryan Fitzpatrick and Eric Decker. So now you upgrade Fitzpatrick to Eli Manning. And Decker is a really good player, but he's not all done back him. So now he has all the, all the things going for him. And then in Chicago, his first year, he also had 14 touchdowns, I believe. He had 118 catches. He had 11, yeah. But, yeah, first year, he did pretty well. And then his second year in Chicago, he also had over 100 catches. And who was the offensive coordinator last 2015 for the Jets? Shane Gailey. Shane Gailey. Now you, you have Ben McAdoo. You have offensive mind the coach, so well, he has all three factors going for him. So it's in his ball. No pun intended, balls in his hands. <laughs> addressing, <laughs> addressing the whole uh, cancer moniker that goes along with Marshall, I understand that he... Did a lot of talking last year and not a lot of producing. However, if you talk to the guys like Quincy Anunua, uh, Robbie Anderson, they all expressed their gratitude for how influential he was on developing them and coming along and bringing them along as players. So now, can he do that with Odell? Well, Odell is he's like him. He's, it's, he's not. Yeah, he's, he's not, a little bit of a nutcase. He's not, he's not Quincy Anunua. He's not. Odell Beckham has shown throughout his career he he loves he loves the spotlight, right? Absolutely, well deserving. And, and but doesn't Brandon Marshall too as yeah. well? So how is Brandon Marshall going to handle being the second fiddle for the first time in his career? I think that he knows is, that going in. I think he knows that when he's that is, he knows it question. now. It's it's easier to, to do that now. But when the other guy's getting fifteen targets and you're getting six, or in some games, you know, Cruz and Shepard, they didn't get any. Mm-hmm. How many times did Eli Manning come out and apologize to them? Yeah. Are they, gonna, are they gonna be apologizing or is Brandon Marshall gonna be saying, get me the ball? You don't think Brandon Marshall is reaching that point in his career where he's never played in the playoff game where he's saying, you know what? Longest streak ever. I, I lo- he's the longest, longest active player to never you know, play in a playoff game. I think the game. Instagram profile picture says it all. Uh, says yeah. it best. Super Bowl trophy getting held up. Right. So I think he knows what his intentions are. And I think him going to the Giants, he realized that he's gonna take a back seat. Do you think he does on inside so. the NFL? Yes. Yeah. I don't think I think he has too much pride in that. He loves doing that. We'll be seeing him on TV for years to come. Every giant like to do uh, TV away. Tom Coughlin wouldn't allow, but Ben McAdoo, I I don't see him stopping it. I mean, Ben McAdoo allowed Odell to marry Annette. So, (laughs) (laughs) if if you do, if you do look at Brandon Marshall, you see four years in Denver, three years in Miami, three years in Chicago, two years in the Jets. It's a pattern. But it's not. Giants only one good year. Well, one that's, that's year. what I'm saying. It's true. And he only signed for two years, and it was a cheap contract. I'm sure to get out of the second year, they really wanted to. So, NFL, NFL contracts are not total paper. S- saying you want to win and not getting the ball are two totally different yeah, things. Yeah, I agree. So, so I agree. dynamic. Eli, Eli may have to be happy. Now you just you go slant to Odell on the, on the on the goal line. You throw it up to Brandon Marshall. We're going to talk about Max pretty soon. You can get a good tight end. At the draft, so Eli Manning is one happy person. He's exactly what they were missing in that offense last year. In 2015, Brandon Marshall bought a Christmas gift for all the Jets players. 
And it was Keyshawn Johnson's book, Throw Me the Damn Ball. <laughs> so we're going to see how this works out. So you're our in-house Jet fan right now, Greg. Unfortunately. Yeah, so sorry to bring that up. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to just throw that on you, but it's just it's true right now. Right. So you're the guy who actually has watched him play and play out for the past two seasons. Yes. What kind of insight do you have for Giants fans moving forward to next year? Well, going off of 2015, uh, can't be any happier. Last year, it seemed like when the team was down and out, he had a lot of mental lapses, and he lost focus, and he dropped the ball. So, literally, dropped the ball. Yeah, he dropped the ball. Yeah. Um, so, that kind of concerns me. Um, the little scuffle he had with Sheldon Richardson uh, in the locker room towards the end of the season, that kind of concerns me. But overall, the guy is a player, and the guy continuously shows up, makes plays, and makes big plays, especially for a good team and a team like the Giants – that are going to be in the thick of it, I think it's a great move. And I think it's pretty fair to say, whether you like Brandon Marshall or you don't, he knows how to say the right thing. Absolutely. That's he, part of the media. Right. He knows how to say the right thing. He may not always know how to do the right thing, but if he's able to do the right thing for one year and say the right thing, that is all the Giants should want, in That's, my opinion. Brandon Marshall, eight drops last year, second in the league. Number one is Michael Crouchy with nine. Well, it feels like more than eight, no? Doesn't yeah. it feel like more well, than I eight? I don't know what the exact your drop is. No, of course. Yeah, but like, hits the hands, that's not a drop. Like, you make a drops, bubble move. Like, like, so like they're, they're big drops. Yeah. I was just going to say. They're third down There drops. were a lot yeah. of third down drops. Yeah. That's, I can tell you that. And a third down drop hurts the heart just yeah. a little bit more. Oh, God, that just dug the <laughs> drop and twisted it. All right, so that's a good amount of stuff we just touched on with Brandon Marshall. And, of course, as we always say, time will tell how Brandon Marshall will do as a New York Giant. Um, but let's move on. Let's get into the NFL draft because it is rapidly approaching. I mean, we're in the midst of free agency now. Obviously, we just talked about one of the big deals that's happened so far. But this draft is moving every single day. So it's important to talk about these players and break them down, the ups, the downs, the pros, the cons. And what better place to start than number one? So we got Miles Garrett, pretty much the surefire number one pick. Mm-hmm. Before we get into a breakdown, just we'll, we'll, we'll gauge this with silence. So... Just say something if you think he's not going to get picked number one. Okay. <laughs> so we're all on the same page. He's going to be the number one pick, right? Yes. I think after him, he's the most unpredictable draft in a while. There's no quarterbacks. It's not like last year we had people trading up for Wentz and Goff, which is you know another story, but it's not going to happen this year. No one's trading up for Watson. No one's going to trade up for Trubisky. No one's trading up for Kaiser. So teams are going to stay placed for... For now, we see who wants to grab, go up and grab who. So it may be unpredictable. So what do you? But you got to look at. You have the Browns one obvious quarterback. Team. Well, well um, all full disclosure, I found the only Browns fan in the tri-state area in Kevin Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a Browns and Phillies fan, so you know double jeopardy. Guy got <laughs> twice. Phil, 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 Phil. You don't have to kill the credibility of our no, mock draft no, 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 guy no. right off the I, bat. I, I build, I'm building him up. I think he's been looking forward to this since August. I'm already. He's been, he's been downloading the Miles Garrett because he's a sophomore. I already <laughs> been doing my mock draft since 2018. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows. He whatever he says, I believe. Of course, and uh, Kevin, you are the unfortunate Browns fan of the for the tri-state area. We'll say <laughs> in, a, uh, in a room with with two Jet fans. Is it really that big of a? Hey. <laughs> That's a fair point. I saw a ten and six season. We haven't. We don't know the ball pick this year. Who won a Who won a Super Bowl? Right now, last? I'm in first. We beat him this year too. Uh, well, 
saying a whole lot. Yeah, so that, the Jets that, won a Super Bowl. Thank you for so Miles Garrett. Thank you for anyway, Miles we Garrett. Anyway, we digress. We digress. <laughs> Miles Garrett, go ahead. All right, yeah, let's let's reel this one back in. I love some good banter, but I really want to talk about Miles Garrett. And, Kevin, I'm going to open the floor to you to start off. So why is this guy the surefire number one pick? He's a freak. I mean, there's, there's no other – he is – he is up there in that category of human beings that when you look at them, you say they're, they're not human. They had to be constructed somewhere in a lab because there's no way somebody that big, that size should be able to move the way he does. It's just it – sh- it should be illegal, honestly, <laughs> when, when you look at him. Now I'm going to go over to you, Greg, because we obviously – we chatted about Miles yeah. Garrett before. Uh, and I know you guys obviously are very high on him. So yes. what makes him the surefire number one pick where it's not even a question? Well, I think he could be a Julius Peppers-type player. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's quick, he gets around the edge. And just watch his game tape. There were games where he had just – he dominated, and then there were games where, yeah, he didn't dominate, but you still felt his presence. So it's – he's the number one guy in a very deep draft, and that says something to me. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny you mention that because I think the big thing for Miles Garrett to, like you said, if you watch his game tape, which we're going to get into game the, the idea of watching game tape in a little bit, but you watch his game tape and say he is quiet for a while and he's not making a big play, and especially in the run game, which I'm going to get into in a minute, trust mm-hmm. me, he's a difference maker. He's yes. a big playmaker on defense, and that's someone you don't get all the time. A guy like Tyron Matthew, when you remember him in – uh, college at LSU. Absolutely. He was a guy who like made plays happen on defense. Yes. Maybe he didn't lead the team in tackles for the day. Maybe he did because he was a stud. But he got a forced fumble. He got an interception. He oh, got a sack in the right time. And those are the types of guys that NFL coaches and scouts just get so excited about. And yep. you can't blame them, especially when you see the athleticism. Absolutely. And when Garrett is having a soft game or, or a quiet game, he's still going max effort. But another thing you have to look at where you you talk about a guy like Matthew and he's a safety. He He's all over the place. Garrett's on one side of the field. Yeah. It's easy to throw three guys over there or run the opposite way because you don't want to go near him. Absolutely. And teams specifically schemed against him this year. Exactly. And, and when you look at you look at Texas A&M, they weren't a dominant force. They didn't have a dominant defense. So why go anywhere near that unleashed animal standing yeah. there waiting to – because you see plays when they do run there, and then you're like, oh, okay, let's go back to the other side because <laughs> no, we don't, don't want that to happen. I have a question. Now, Miles Garrett, is he like young question, number one pick, number one prospect. The Browns, they need a quarterback. They've been a quarterback forever. Now, is him being the number one overall prospect more of how good he is or how weak the quarterbacks are? If a quarterback like Luck, um, obviously Luck would have been taken, but like name a, name a prospect, RG3, someone a big Carson prospect. Carson Wentz. Carson like. Would he been picked? Would he be picked over since the, the Browns are so dire for a quarterback? Would he still be number one, number one pick if there was a legit number one prospect quarterback available? I don't think so. I don't think he would have been, and I think that's a, a little bit of he battled injury throughout his last season in, in college. He had a, an ankle problem, uh, and this is what I was going to talk about before. I think he is poor against the run, and that might be an unpopular opinion. I don't really care. I watched some game tape on him today, and he flies upfield a lot. And it's, it's warranted because he's an extreme difference maker as a pass rusher. And he's going to be an extremely effective pass rusher on the next level. But hopefully it takes NFL coaching to teach him how to you know read a lineman better to when it's going to be a run or a pass. 
so he can set an edge a little better, so he can actually go down the line and make a play on a running back instead of getting caught and washed downfield. You know who's, so, who he's going up against twice a year in Cleveland? Le'Veon Bell. So you gotta, right, you be and that's that. the type of guy that if you fly upfield, Le'Veon Bell is torching you every yep. time. Yep. So I think he has some flaws in his game, but he's very raw. His athletic ability is unquestionable, and his pass rush ability should be unquestionable. My only questions come in the run game. But that also goes to show he was double-teamed a lot last year. So, Kevin, you mentioned it before. If he's on the Browns, this is another worry I have. If he's on the Browns, he becomes a premier defensive player quicker than, say, if he was on a semi-proven team already, right? Well, that's what you get when you're you're the clowny, you're the Mac, you're Watt, you're Donald. You have to come in and you have to make a difference regardless of the players around you. Do you think that hurts him in his first year or two years in the league? No, because he's at a position where, and specifically when you when you look at the Browns' defensive line, they have Danny Shelton, who was a top 12 pick a couple years ago. Big double team, he eats the run, all that stuff. He has decent players on the defensive line around him, which is going to give him favorable matchups on the edge. And if you look at, at the teams, you have Big Ben, Flacco, Dalton. Those guys aren't getting away from him. It's not happening. No. And now, the other side of that is, literally the other side, they have Jamie Collins, which is another pass rusher. And that could take some of the pressure off of Garrett so that he won't have to be the guy. So that's Not to mention, thing. They, they did just bring in Greg Williams, who is known for having a aggressive, aggressive bounty gate type yeah, defense. To say he, the least. He mm-hmm. wants people taking heads off. And I think... With a defense like his and that style, that that's a def- that's defense players want to play in, and players tend to thrive in because defense is not supposed to be controlled. No, they're tamed animals. Exactly. Not even tamed. That's yeah. not the right word, but they're. So move, moving on from Garrett, we have your your mock two point here. Wait, I have one more thing to to ask about Garrett because I think this is actually a very interesting topic. And I was talking to one of my good friends who actually uh, worked in the South Carolina football program this year. Go Gamecocks, I guess. But he worked in that program, so he's he's been around Division One talent. He's been around guys who are going to the NFL. He has a really good feel for this stuff. And I asked his opinion of Garrett today, and he said that he could very likely see him become a 3-4 outside linebacker. Do you think that's something that he can pull off? Because I've seen him no. cover some ru- some running backs. Do you think that's a possibility? The Browns in the, the Greg Williams, they run a 4-3, very similar to what was ran in, uh, well, now L.A. And... Miles Garrett will be in the role that Robert Quinn was in. Just get after the quarterback. He's four three, hand in the dirt, hand in the dirt every game, every play. Yeah, because if you if you look at if you look at guys like Von Miller, they're a little bit smaller. Von Miller's around six three, two fifty, right? A little less, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got Cleo Max around six two, two fifty. This guy's almost six five, two hundred and seventy five pounds. Just turned twenty one years old. Uh, he's got the arms. He's got the speed yeah. to cover. But with a guy like Jamie Collins standing there back there who's made his made made just made fifty million dollars because of his ability to cover running backs and tight ends. And they have the other middle linebacker, Christian Christian Kirksey, who's a little bit more mobile than most running backs. Garrett's gonna be four three D end, hand in the dirt, you're going after that quarterback. Well yeah, that's the thing. Do I think he'll be asked to do it? No. Can he do it? I don't have a doubt that he can. Okay. I Think it's well I, think it's, I think it's just something to question because I think in a lot of teams, say they had this pick, 
he would be in that role of 3-4 outside linebacker way more than than he may be in this 4-3 system that the Browns run. And obviously you know the Browns because you watch them more than anybody who's listening to this podcast. I can guarantee that. (laughs) <laughs> but let's let's like Phil said, let's move on well, and uh, continue your question. Unless you have one more statement, Kevin. Well, you go to the Jets, didn't they? Didn't they bump Richardson out to uh, yeah, and that outside was a linebacker? And it was a mistake, right? It was a big I mistake. I mean, Garrett is a lot but, uh, more Richardson, athletic. Yeah, Richardson is. You're talking about six three, two hundred and eighty something pounds. Yeah, right. he's a he's, big, big dude. But that was uh, Garrett's a big dude, but he's also a freak athlete. I mean, he he. You look at him. He's got like thirty five inch arms. Like he can get his hands on the tight end if he wants, but. His bread and butter is taking down the quarterback. That's yeah. that's and that's that's what he that's what he's getting drafted to do, and that's I think what he should do. That's what he made his name as. All right. All right. So Phil, what was that question? Sorry going. to cut you off, but I wanted that last statement. Yeah, no, I, yeah so my two point out coming out of soon nice BNY. Um but Kevin got a little preview here. Um I've seen I mean we all have seen pretty a lot of, a lot of a lot of mocks and I haven't seen one like this, so we're gonna go through it right now. Kevin's gonna try to, you know, explain himself. And have some fun with it. We'll, we'll go through one through five, maybe a little briefly, then we'll go right to the Jets because, you know, New York's possible. Uh, we're from New York. So, number one, we have Garrett. We just talked about 10 minutes about that on question number one pick. Two, I guarantee no one's ever seen him at number two, is defensive end from Stanford, Solomon Thomas. After that, we have the cornerback from Lattimore going to the Bears. We're talking about maybe Mike Lennon going to the Bears. That kind of tries on Trubisky talk. The 49ers got just signed Hoyer. Could get Cousins. Again, no Trubisky talk. Four, um, people think he's the best pure defensive player um, besides Garrett in this draft. Jamal Adams from LSU. And five, I haven't seen him this high in any draft. Corey Davis, a speedy receiver from Western uh, Michigan. So, Kevin, the floor is yours. Well, right now it's a very, very tough time to do a mock draft based yeah. on, you know, by the time this, this little podcast is done, uh, somebody could have signed somebody that yep. changed their whole, you know. Uh, right now I have Jacksonville getting... Jamal Adams, but I think they just signed the. Did they just sign Church? Church, right? yeah. Church? They did, and they signed to Sean Gibson last year. So there's a change right there. Yeah. So things happen very quickly now. Especially that free agency happens before the right. draft, which is different than say the right. NBA, where That's it happens after. Yeah. Right. yeah, and with with you know the quarterback trades going on right now, you have teams like San Francisco and Washington that could look to make something happen. Mm-hmm. You have teams like Cleveland and New England that could look to make something happen. So you don't really know the set order right now. But when you look at what I have, I have Garrett one, and then I have Thomas second because he's the second best player in this draft. Okay. And you you look at San Francisco in this situation, they drafted Armstead, they drafted um, Buckner, they drafted Buckner. Those are bigger guys. Mm-hmm. They are not the athletes. They are not the pass rushers that Solomon Thomas is. So if those are your three down linemen in in a, in a, a three four moving forward, that's an instant strong point to your team and. Ooh. We'll get to Jonathan Allen. You have him going a little deeper. So why the drop from last mock there was four. I've seen him from two to everywhere to 27 everywhere. Well, he has so, some serious yeah. injury concerns. So obviously when you got that, uh, you know, in the combine, they don't just test 40, obviously. Yeah. They don't just test the 5-10-5, they, vertical. They do full physicals, and they know everything there is to know about these guys from literally from foot to, mm-hmm. from foot to head. You know, so, I mean, arthritis in the shoulders, that's – the red flag. That that doesn't get better. Yeah. I mean, that is a degenerative disease. That that will definitely shorten his career, and that is without a doubt. The shame is he would probably go number two or three. He's that, that kind of talent. So Alabama, he, he, he was dominating the game. He he is not he is not the explosive athlete Solomon Thomas is. He's, okay. he's just not Solomon. No, Tom- I love Thomas again. You're drafting here potential, not what you did in college. So yeah. right. If, if scouts feel like Solomon Thomas to be the next 
blank clowny, they're going to pick him. Right. Now, a lot of people were, were saying something similar to Solomon Thomas earlier in the year that they were saying about Aaron Donald. Now, I'm not comparing him to Aaron Donald, but one of the knocks on Aaron Donald coming out was Pike. he was a little bit smaller than he liked. Yeah. And that's the same thing with with Thomas. But when Thomas goes to the combine and tests the way he does, and then you're saying it doesn't matter the size you are, if you're that big and you move like that, mm-hmm. you're going to be tough for these guys yeah. to get their hands on. And he's going to be a force coming off the edge. I know you think goes. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the game. I know that. I do. Yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't think a player dominates the way he dominates yeah. from the inside like that is – it's, it's, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. And Solomon Thomas just sticks out at you. You watch game vicious. tape and he's just – it's hard to ignore him. He's vicious. It's, if I could make an offensive comparison to watching game tape, when I watched A.J. Green, he just popped out on the screen. You always knew where he was. You always knew he was there. Just by the way he moved. Yes. And that's something that, you know, you watch certain guys – you. Even though they put that little arrow, they're a little circle, but you gotta like you just really know. focus to watch yeah. them. Then there's guys like you said, Solomon Thomas. You see him get off the line, and you, boom, you, you know, know where he is. He's there. Same exactly. with Miles Garrett. As Absolutely. Well. The explosion is so ridiculous, and the same thing uh, when you watch John Ross. And we're gonna get into him in a while, but just mm-hmm. to tease you out, he's the type of guy when you see him run a route and just patter his feet into the oh. into the turf, you're like, whoa, that guy has some serious talent. I don't care that he ran a four two. They look like car pistons just exploding. Exactly. Exploding. But we're going to get into that later. I want to keep this moving. Yeah, so I got three names for you uh, that I want you to talk about. Give me like 30 seconds on. So first off, Marshawn Lattimore. Some some uh, question around him because he has a little bit of an injury concern. Also, Corey Davis because he's going to be the first receiver off the board according to your mock draft. And then Reuben Foster. So you have currently going to the Jets or somebody in that area. So right. talk about those three guys, about 30 seconds each. And just give me your reasoning why they're that high. Right. So uh, you you look at Lattimore, and this is this is regarded as a phenomenal defensive back draft between you know Adams, Hooker, and all these other guys coming up. You can really slice and dice it any way you want, but the the, the three guys that do stick out is Lattimore, Adams, and Hooker. Because when you look at Adam um, Lattimore, he's six foot, he's two hundred pounds. So right right off the bat, he's got the he's got the, he's got the size you look for in a in a true number one corner. But then when you look at his thirty nine inch vertical and his four three speed, incredible ball skills. That's an NBA vertical, by the way, thirty nine inch. That's an yes. NBA vertical. He's he's a wide receiver playing cornerback. Yeah, he's he's a ball hawk. Exactly, and he's going to be able to to uh, to mirror these corners the way because he's just as physical as you. You look at some of the greater corners. I mean, Revis wasn't. Necessarily the the best physical aspect, but no, he had he great technique. People. Yeah, he got great. Te- this guy, not, he has great technique, but he's got he's got the physical traits you got. Absolutely. Now, as a Jeff fan, I'm very trigger shy of drafting a corner this high. Maybe it's a D Milner, but I feel like these corners they're drafted kind of in the mid round, the late round. So you never really get a top five corner who pans out. Only one to know is Patrick Peterson. So, do te- should you value a corner as a third pick of the draft? It's. It's tough when you when you look at a team and you, like Adams is a, is a great safety. Uh, yeah, he's safety. He's different than corner. Corner right. is one on one. Can you guard um, who's in his uh, life with Gerald? But can you guard the Tennessee wide receiver? Of course he could. Um, right, like from college, it's two different games. So right. that's why corner is obviously the hardest position to crapshoot. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean he he played Big Ten, so he did face some serious talent. Yeah. So, but I understand um, NFL talent. 
Uh, any position is, but like, yeah, of course. Like the, the leap from wide receiver from college to football, from the college to NFL is pretty large. All right, yeah. so let's move. Let's keep this moving. So Lattimore, obviously, he has a ton of talent. It's going to be really interesting to see where he ends up because on one hand, it is always a risk to take a corner that high, and he has some other uh, some other fallbacks as well that might hold him back. But he should be a top pick no matter what. But I want to ask you about Corey Davis because you have him as the number one wide receiver off the board. Yes. So what puts him above some of the other receivers in this draft that he's number one? Um. Well, some people like to talk about, you know, whether it's uh, Ross or Williams, but this guy had a lot of production. He, he, he caught a lot of balls. He's very polished. And when you watch him, when you talk about a guy that jumps off screen, I, he didn't run at the combine. He'll run at his pro day. But really, when it comes down to 40 times for wide receiver, it doesn't really matter because you look never at – run in a straight line. Right. No, no but it's never. not even that. It's not even that. For example, being a Browns fan, you watch Josh Gordon. He ran a four five, right? He's the fastest guy in the field. He well, hits, they run faster when they're chasing, getting he, chased. <laughs> these, if you watch Corey Davis, he has that Julio Jones esque physicality. It's that stride, right? And he has that Julio Jones Odell where they catch the ball, and in his second stride, he's at his top speed. And that's what that that burst is what separates the big receivers from the guys that you know. The, and you know the scary thing is. People are comparing him to Terrell Owens. And if we get another T.O. in the league, that's just crazy. He's, he's, got, the, he's got the physical traits. He's got the size you look for. He, he's, very, he's got strong hands. He's, he, he, he's a good route runner. He did he drop some that. balls, though, in college, which is... I don't know if that's just a concentration thing or if it is a natural hand thing. I mean... There, there is. There's only one Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, not every guy catches every ball. I mean, you, you see Odell Beckham make these crazy catches, then you see him drop stupid ones. So yeah, right, a lot of focus drops. And that's something that's that's big for all receivers. And we're gonna get into some more wide receivers as we move on. But again, this is the SBNY podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel on iTunes. You can find it Sports Blog New York podcast and subscribe, rate, review. If you like what you're hearing, give us a good rating, and you'll be getting more of this content. That's for sure. And again, we got at JM Man Cave Sports on Instagram hooking us up with that Jerry Rice signed Super Bowl twenty three MVP picture, and we're going to announce our winner in a, in a couple minutes. In a couple minutes, we're going to announce that winner. Uh, but JM Man Cave Sports, shout out to them again, Jerry Rice Super Bowl twenty three MVP year autograph picture. Uh, no, I want to talk about the quarterback situation, and we're already at about thirty minutes for this podcast, just under thirty minutes. So we're in no rush. Not trying to rush anybody. I know you're very talented, but you land on the Jets, so I don't know if this is on purpose or not. What do you? What's up? We're up to the Jets. Jets. Selection. Oh yeah, we're up to the Jets, so and we're up to the quarterback. After we don't have a quarterback, I am teasing you guys. <laughs> so the quarterback situation can really change everything, and that's just to set the scene. So the Jets have the sixth pick, right? A lot of people's estimations, possibly all three of the big three quarterbacks, can be on the board right there. According to us, right now, exactly. But do the Jets want that? I don't know. Do the Jets want to go with a different pick? Very, very possible. So we're going to touch on the whole quarterback situation. That includes Garoppolo, Romo, Cousins, quarterback sleepers who you may not hear about, the guys who aren't named Watson, Kaiser, or Trubisky. But we're going to touch on all that right now. But first off, I want to hear a little bit from everybody now. Where do you think the Jets go with the pick? Well, in my mock, I have them going. uh, In the first one, I had them going Hooker. And now I have them going Foster. And Ruben Foster is a guy who has a little bit of baggage right now after his situation. Right, that was Foster, right, right. who got kicked out of the draft combine. Okay, now let me, let me, let me ask Let's you. Talk about it. Let me ask you a question. You have a great take on linebacker. Right. He, he is 
considered having a red flag because he has a short fuse. And that's he, how I want my linebackers. <laughs> that, that's, that's, a, that's a check in my a, box. Yeah, right? <laughs> you, want, you can't be a normal thinking human being playing middle linebacker. You have to be insane. Ray Lewis ha- killed a man. Hey. Oh, all right. Uh, we don't know that. Allegedly. That, Allegedly. that might be fake news. It might not be. We're not, we're not here to judge that. Look at Vontaze Perfect. Like, these guys are nuts. Yeah, but Vontaze Perfect, before you move on, before you move on, because as soon as you said this, the first person I thought of is Vontaze Perfect. Extremely talented. Led the league in tackles in, what, his second year in the league? Yep. That is unbelievably impressive. But what has he done in some of the biggest games and the biggest moments of Bengals in the past two, the three games, years? He's costing that, them that, games. He's that, getting yeah. penalties unwarranted. He's leading with his head where he's not making the proper adjustments. So, yes, you want your guy to be out of his mind, but you also want him to be smart enough to make the, the smart play. Well, you know, here's the thing with Foster. Um, that whole incident, you know, there are mixed reviews coming out about it. Uh, all his teammates came out, all of his coaches, and all the teams that really interviewed him at his pro day today all said, you know, this is not, it, it, it's not him. It, mm-hmm. That's not what he does. He doesn't have any past history like this. Whereas Perfect, you knew about his past history. You knew he had these issues. So Foster, I would be all on board with the Jets drafting him. I think having him, Lee, and Jenkins... Uh, at Williams linebacker could be Wilkerson. That's yeah. that's a that's core a great front, front seven, seven right there because so, he's a quarterback when yeah. it comes to middle linebacker. I really the way he moves laterally across the field is Luke Keekley esque. Yeah, he colors. So, yeah. He's great. He's, and there, there were great reports talent. at the hospital that things are kind of messed up at the hospital. So maybe it's his fault. He came out and said, "Hey, I'm an open book. Ask me anything. What happened that day? I'll tell you whatever." But you gotta respect. You gotta respect that. He he owned it. What happened? B, he plays with Nick Saban, so he can keep it that out of control to be in that system. Nick Saban takes his own shit, so he has to be. So he's a leader on the he's a leader on the best defense in the country last year. So I'm taking that over a mishap at a hospital yeah. at a crazy combine when hey. hundreds of players are coming in from medicals. It's probably a chaotic scene in Indianapolis, so you know I, it's it's not a red flag. Apparently, it was like at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, too, so, so <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I mean, who isn't on edge at 3 a.m.? Jets, <laughs> me, if you're of, not on edge at 3 a.m., yeah. then we got some questions. Yeah. <laughs> it it kind of kills me because the Jets, I feel like I never drafted offensively in the draft since I'm trying. Now, quarter, our offense is looking and dying you some talent, but it's like, do you take the best talent available or do you go with – you kind of need an offense, any, any position in offense, yeah, point, point blank, any any position in offense. So, do you, I feel like Jets wouldn't be mad at Ruben Forster at all. No. But we, I kind of want an offensive pick. I kind of want Watson. Well, I'll open that door. I like I Watson to be a, a good pro. But he's open be, that, let's I, open that door. At number six, you want, you want a great pro. So, right. if that's the so question, let, let's open that door. I try to make millions of dollars. <laughs> let's open that door. And before we move on to the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world, the Tony Romo's of the world, the Kirk Cousins of the world, three people who I think we could all say are not going to be New York Jets no. next year. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's open the quarterback door for the Jets. What are the odds? Let's go on a 0 to 100 percentage scale. What are the odds that they somehow, whether they trade back or they pick another quarterback later on in the draft, that they get a quarterback through this draft for the third year in a row? Let's open the door. Greg, we'll go to you first. What are your percentage odds? Uh, very low. 15%. 15%. Total, total draft? Total draft. Total draft. What are the odds that Jets get a quarterback out of this total, draft? Total, the total draft, I'd boost it up maybe 25%. Top I mean, two rounds, top three you know, rounds, I say foolish to do with, with the defensive talent. In the yeah, draft. I can't do it. Don't see them drafting uh, a quarterback in the first three rounds. Maybe a guy in the fourth round because Mike McCagnon's in that kind of school where 
draft a quarterback every year. You never know what'll Keep turn up. Keep swinging until you hit one. Yeah. Exactly. Look, Tom Brady. You know, Dak Prescott. And right, and that's Dak what Prescott. I wanted to get in later with QB sleepers. So I don't want to talk about those guys who the Jets may draft in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. We're gonna get into them in a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think the vibe I'm getting from everybody, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that if you're a Jets fan. Don't be expecting to have Deshaun Watson holding up the green and white next year. As long as I would like it, like I would, I would love it. Yeah. When you when you look I don't at see it. when if you, you look, do, they could probably trade back. But the thing about trading back is who's trading up. Exactly. Like you said before, there's no you just trade up for quarterbacks. There, right. There's no one. No one's gonna be jumping from seventeen watching the six for a quarterback. It's not gonna happen this year. And the issue with everyone trading up is they could probably get a similar talent where they're currently at. They right? could wait for Watson at seventeen. This draft like yeah. is so deep. That you could get a first round cornerback in the second round, or a first round safety in the second or third. I have round. a I have a quarterback on the first quarterback I have going off the board on mine is is Trubisky at at twelve, right? He's coming and, home to you, right? And that's just because I don't think I think Cleveland would riot if they passed on twice in the first round. That's just I think if all three quarterbacks are available in the top one is available. Whoever whoever you think top one is Watson Trubisky, if they pass on one of them at twelve and they're there. I don't think that makes sense. Well, let's talk about who's there on there right now. Who's there on their roster, roster right no, now? No, but what uh, right now it's Kessler, Kessler and RG three. But for fact, forty nine have zero quarterbacks in their roster right now. Yeah, RG3. but the, the thing well, is, Hoyer, I guess Hoyer, but. the thing is, when when you look at the Jets, right, and you look at you look at the teams ahead of them, right? You have Cleveland, San Francisco, Chicago, all need quarterbacks, and you have Cleveland linked heavily to Garoppolo. You have San Francisco just signed Hoyer, and they're trying to get Kirk Cousins. You have Chicago, who's, who's ready to pay $15 million a year to, to Mike, Mike Glennon. Glennon. What does that tell you about the quarterbacks at the top of this draft? That's the, the red flag to me. Yeah. That's all I need to hear. They are not ready. And if you take one at six, if you take Watson or Trubisky at six, they need a year similar to Hackenberg. Yeah. First of all, if you don't know whether Hackenberg can play or not. We, we honestly, no, nobody outside of the Jets organization other than Bill O'Brien, and he's biased. Nobody knows what Hackenberg can do. Nobody can. No one can say, other than the people in that organization, that they know what he can do. And, and isn't that terrifying that he was the second round pick? And and the fans have kind of written him off, even though he hasn't played, which which isn't right. I, I agree with that. I think you give him a shot. But how do you how do you go into the to next year with say the six overall pick? Say you take a Trubisky, right? You go into next year with your with your quarterback depth chart of Teddy one, Hackenberg two. Trubisky three. How long before Trubisky is playing? I I think he drafts him. Week five, week six. I think if you draft him, he's quarterback one. He has to be. The way but, he, but he can't. But then that's can't. bad news. Bad. Did you see? If, did you see Jets, Jared Goff last year? Yeah, terrible. If the Jets draft the quarterback at six, it is a splash move to draw fans. I think it's that's Watson. Why I it's Watson has the experience. I I, I Watson, just big Watson with Trubisky. I think Jet fans will accept Watson the quickest as yeah. well. Yes. Like that'll be the guy who won't get specifically. He has the right away. Well, he, he has, has a pedigree. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you gotta, you gotta, you watch Watson and throughout the playoffs the last two years, and you gotta love what he did. But it, does that translate to the NFL? Yeah, but also, also, also be, being a Browns fan, a very situation with this quarterback purgatory. The most popular person is the backup quarterback. Always. Oh, always. The, every, the easiest thing to do to get the fan base on your side is to give them another quarterback. So you draft Watson, whether you don't like it or not, come week one, you're going to want to see Watson play. Of course. And that's, it's just, that's, what happened with, that's what happened with Petty this year. And who was, who was the, the kid a couple of years ago? Uh, McElroy. Oh, McElroy. yeah, McElroy. McElroy. He, he, was, he was the greatest guy in the world because yeah. he was the backup. Yeah, yeah of course. Honestly, you look at Mark Sanchez. When the Jets drafted him, 
they said all the right things, saying, oh, he's going to be back up for us. Kellen Clemens is going to start. And then tra- uh, camp, training camp comes along, and Mark Sanchez is starting. So mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll go along here. I think we, oh, we already said, do we want a quarterback? We don't know. I don't think the Jets know if they want a quarterback, to be honest with you. No. So we'll, we'll look a couple of, couple of months. We'll see what they do here. Moving on, um, we have Malik Hooker at the, uh, for the Rams. Or Chargers, my bad. Still Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, Chargers have Malik Hooker. I think the, one of the better fits of the draft would be number eight is Leonard Fournette to the Panthers. I think it's a great, fantastic pick. They can get him there. That's 490 pounds of running football every for four Now, a lot of people say Leonard Fournette is a guy who's really interesting. And uh, we can get into him even more in depth. But let's mm-hmm. touch on him now because we're in that kind of spot of the draft. A lot of people think that he has bust potential. Yeah. I'm not saying that's my opinion, but a lot of people, I've heard that from numerous sources. Do you think he has legitimate bust you, potential? And if so, why? So someone, even if you don't believe yeah. it, play devil's advocate. Somebody break down why somebody will say Leonard Fournette has dra- bust potential. I think it's simple. I think is he in the wrong era of the NFL. These guys, he's the Patriots, Deion Lewis, James White, these guys aren't running downhill 240 pounds on your neck. They're, they're spreading the field. He's still usable. Can he, is he worth the eighth pick where you could maybe get a guy like that in the fourth round, a big back, and run it down, run it down your throat? I think he's a special talent, obviously, but I, I get the I get the the argument why he shouldn't be like this bust potential. I think the biggest thing with him is the uh, nagging injuries yeah. that he had last year. It brought down his production. Were they it injuries? Brought up questions. Were they um, injuries? Yeah. You know, was it, I mean, was it, was it a more discreet? Was, was it was it a more discreet clowny effect? Where he knew he's a top 10, top 15 guy, top one. <laughs> why, why yeah, risk yeah. it? That could be it, too. You know, that's a great argument. But he's but, running back on the tires. The threads are going out quickly. Exactly. So he's running. He's running. LSU was running down in, you know, 20, 25 times, maybe 30 times a game. So he already, is, you know, he's on a, a new car. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of people are starting to come to the mindset of, I don't want to pick a running back top 10 no matter what. Unless I'm sure fire on this guy. Because you're the Cowboys with the best offensive line in football. You just plug it. Plug another it another down thing later. is, like, you, you talk about a different different era of football, right? Who had the best offense in the league last year? Most, most, well, who had one of the more efficient offensive lines last year? Uh, offenses. The Falcons. The Falcons. They had Falcons two, and two yeah, running backs. Yeah, but who else? The, the Cowboys. And how did they do it? Ground and pound. Ground and pound. If you control the, the line of scrimmage and you control, control the game, it's yeah, but you're, talk, you're talking about yeah. a team that has the best yeah. offensive and line. I mean, this is this is a topic for another yeah. day, and I think it's a great topic. But it goes along with the whole running back thing. And I'm going to leave a question that no, we're not going to touch it yet. There's going to be something we're going to do in a little bit because I want to get back into these quarterbacks. Is it crazy to say I'd rather have Christian McCaffrey than Leonard Fournette? And I'm going to leave it at that for now. So mm-hmm. listeners and you guys alike, chew on it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> chew on that. Is that crazy? Mm-hmm. That's it. We're not touching it for another five minutes. I want to get into the quarterback situation because you mentioned number 12, right? And that's a oh big boy. pick to me. Number 12 to the Browns is a big pick that can change a lot of things in the quarterback universe. You change teams. Yeah. It could, yeah. 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 So if the Browns decide to give up that 12 pick amongst with some other things, maybe another second-round pick or a fourth, who knows what, well, no, yeah. and gives to the Patriots and takes in Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback dominoes start to fall. <laughs> Is that realistic? Is Jimmy Garoppolo good enough to carry the Cleveland Browns? And are the Patriots willing to actually give him up? Well, I look at, from the Patriots' point of view, I look at it similar to a team, very similar to a baseball situation. 
right? You have you have uh you have the Yankees last year. They traded Chapman for uh, Frazier. Torres. Oh, Chapman for Torres. Like Miller. Miller. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. And now uh, you trade Chapman for Torres, and what's Torres now? The second, third ranked prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He's a great guy. There was not a knock on Torres, yeah. but what did Chapman bring them? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have the twelfth pick, which say you flip for Brandon Cooks, who helps Tom Brady and Bill Belichick right now more to win one more ring? It's all about window and sports. The twelfth pick. Mm-hmm. Belichick is sixty-four years old. You think he cares what's going to happen eight years from now with Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I, I also think he knows the value you get for him. Whoa. And the value has never been higher now. It's all about assets. Because he, he might have to see the field again next year. Because Brady hopefully you know, plays 16, 16 games. Garoppolo's the free agent next year. So I doubt they're going to pay him. Garoppolo's going to They're going to tag him, trade him like they did with Castle. Someone's going to want. Someone's gonna overpay for him. I don't know if they'll overpay, but someone's going to pay for him. It's a weak quarterback market. Yes. Yeah. you got to capitalize. It's, yeah. it's a no-brainer. So, uh, I'll be shot if you Garoppolo the Patriots next year. Do you the think Patriots I think be a mistake. are the only yeah. team? That can benefit from having the greatest quarterback of all time suspended for four games, <laughs> and Stupid. that now is a you, phenomenal point, Greg. Yeah. And now you have Belichick here, who has Garoppolo as an asset, and he's saying, "Well, you know, maybe he's just saying all this stuff that they want to keep him as a ploy to get more, and someone's going to overpay, or maybe he truly believes that this is a special talent." So he holds all the cards here. And it's frustrating as a Jets fan to watch. I also, I also, I also watch Garoppolo, and if you look at the timelines, he was the highest-picked quarterback ever by Bill Belichick. He was drafted when he, when Tom Brady was like thirty-seven. And Belichick so what does that? Make mistakes. So what does that tell you about the timelines? Why was he drafted so high? Because Belichick liked him. That's yeah. the only explanation. Right. Value. Throw value in him. Did 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 he think Tom Brady was going to be leading the Super Bowls at forty years old? Or did he think Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be the yeah. next Tom Brady? He so, thought he was taking it by now, probably. So that's why he wants these two first-round picks, and, and, or whatever the rumors are. And I look, and it's the, either this is a special, special guy, or he's just driving up value. Talk about a butterfly effect. How did the Browns get the number twelve pick? They traded away for Carson Wentz. So if that trade never happens, the Browns don't have the twelfth pick, and Jimmy Garoppolo might be staying in New England. Just the way the years affect. It's crazy. That is pretty crazy. So that's some really interesting stuff. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, the name, is one of the most interesting pieces of the NFL draft. He might not even be good. He might not even be that good. I look at him. I look at him. He's not even a draftable player. Like he's the most interesting piece of this draft to me, and he's not clearly. He's been in the league, so you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, It blows my mind. And Bill Check is a genius for just driving up this price, keeping his mouth quiet just enough, (laughs) just quiet enough. To where people start thinking, you know, Garoppolo really did pretty good for those couple games. Belichick wants to keep him. Why does he want to keep him? Because he's really good. No, I want him. I'm going to give him more picks. He also dropped in the draft just a little bit because he was from Eastern Illinois. That kind of gets overlooked. Yeah, I mean, Carson, he's smaller. Car, yeah, he Carson, smaller Carson, Carson Wentz was 6'5", 240. You could see it. So yeah. that's why. You know, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz doesn't get drafted, too, if he's 6'2", 220. Nope, nope. But if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo as a player, when it comes down to playing, you could see... He's accurate, which he can't teach, and he recognizes the blitz. He's but, got a quick release. And God damn it, he's been in the Patriot system for all this time behind Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Handsome, so he knows how as hell too. He yeah, he is damn <laughs> handsome. He knows how to win. He knows how to watch tape. He knows how to prepare. He he reminds me of almost like a Trubisky. Because if you look at Trubisky, you look at a Watson, you look at a Mahomes. These guys need two, three years to sit. And they're twitchy. They have like that, that you can tell they have like that instinct right. where you'll see a play where all of a sudden, boom, quick scramble, twitch throw, yeah. bang, hit a guy in the chest. And those are the types of plays where you see, oh, all right, the guy so, has something. So at 12, do you want to take a Trubisky who you have to sit there and 
donate two, three years to? Or do you want to take a guy who's coming and he's playing this year? And if he sucks, you move on. Yeah, yeah I, I think a guy like Garoppolo with, it's what now, three years of knowledge in the league? <laughs> That's clearly worth, worth the top ten pick. Under Belichick and Brady. Un- exactly, under Belichick and Brady. Clearly worth the top ten That's pick. That's like a master's degree in quarterback. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this could be the, fu- the future Doctor. face of your franchise or just another bust. So if you're going to take a, top, uh, a quarterback in the top ten, why not trade it for this guy? You can also see when you when you watch games. I know I know it was only it was only six quarters, but when you watch it, you can tell right away he was the best player on the field for those six quarters. Yeah. In control, he in controlled control. the game. Because you look, what he did to Miami in that that half. They, they were bringing the house on him. Arizona too. I currently was nine point underdog going to Arizona. It just that no matter. Tom no. Brady, who's Tom Brady? He, he brought them back. Yeah, in the Sunday four, night football the first game of the year. And after on the road, after he got hurt uh, in that Miami game. Miami came back, and say what you want, Patriots defense was laxed, whatever, they had a big lead. They still weren't scoring points because this guy wasn't in there. You, you, so it's not just the system. I know they won with uh, Brissett, but this guy was able to emulate what Tom Brady did. Maybe not to the historic levels that Brady does, but if he could be a franchise quarterback, you have to give up that pick. It's without a doubt. And one final point is Hugh Jackson, the coach, so you know he's not going from a not quarterback yeah. from Belichick and to if, nobody. Hugh Jackson. If, if Hugh Jackson wants him, I think that's a merit to him right there because yeah. Hugh Jackson is regarded as a mm-hmm. as a QB whisperer or whatever, mm-hmm. however you want to call him. Mm-hmm. He's regarded as a QB guy. He was brought in here to find a QB. Yeah. So if he wants Garoppolo, go get go get him Garoppolo. And the one thing that you have to say about the NFL at this point. And if you don't say it, you're behind. You do what you got to do to get a franchise quarterback. Right. And if you think that guy is out there, you go get him. Mm-hmm. That's why Mike Lennon's so, getting $15 million. Oh, why'd you got to uh, poor, poor Mike Lennon's already getting so, shit before he's a real starter in the league. The guy's getting crapped on left and right. He hasn't even been a real starter yet. So let's fly through. Um, 10 Thank to 20. Brock Osweiler. So, so the Giants are 23. Let's just fly through 10 to 20 right now. 10, Mike Williams, uh, probably the best receiver prospect in, the, in this draft. Because yeah. that's tight with Bill to keep it tight right, Taylor, to give him another weapon. Give him another weapon, yeah. They, they just lost Woods, and they just lost yep. Goodwin. So. Uh, New Orleans, um, Jonathan Allen, we talked about him before. He dropped into 11. Browns, uh, Trubisky, uh, 13. McDowell, I think he's one of the better defense tackles in the Top eight yeah, talent. I think he's a great talent. Bottom 50 moment. 14, Carson Wentz gets his, um, his big uh, receiver, Sean Ross, 4-2 guy. Cool. Um, 15, the Colts, they got to build defense for luck. Um, we got Taco Charlton. 16, McKinley. 17, Deshaun Watson to uh, the Redskins. I don't know if it has to do with Cousins leaving. That's kind of a that's kind of a a, a, a wish wash because you don't know whether they're if they're if they're picking there they might go for a big defensive lineman like a Caleb Brantley. Kevin's uh, betting on himself right now that say Cousins leaves that pick makes a lot of sense. So Kevin, you know he's he's playing his cards because no one's gonna say they're not going Colt McCoy. No one's gonna get mad at you if you get that one wrong. But if you get it right, you're gonna be the man. <laughs> so that's a good one. I like I like that one right there. So, uh, 19. We have Dalvin Cook, uh, one of the better running backs in the draft to Tampa. Maybe Doug Martin's you know not working out Tampa Bay. He's gonna have a lot. 20. I think he's one one of the more intriguing prospects. OJ Howard to uh, the Broncos. Freak. So we'll leave it at that right now. Pete. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted to go quickly. There's some guys I want to talk about still that uh, before we get too late on time. I want to. You just brought up OJ Howard, so that kind of changes a piece that may end up at the Giants. But before we get into the Giants, let's talk about two guys who 
you know, may have the talent to have already gone, but we haven't said their names yet. We mentioned John Ross before. The other guy is Joe Mixon, who has a whole different situation. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that. But let's talk about John Ross first. So he ran the fastest 40 time at the Combine in the history of the Combine. Beat Chris Johnson, uh, the 4-2-2, right? Everybody okay. talked about that. It was the biggest storyline of the, of the Combine weekend. To me, personally... I don't care that he broke the record for yeah. the 40 time. If he ran a 4-2-2, that is fantastic. He's a stud athlete. If he ran a 4-2-9, a 4-3, I don't really care. He's flying. But you watch this guy on tape. You watch his route running ability. You watch him catch most of his passes. Mm-hmm. His hands are very smooth. He does have that issue that, you know, you see guys like Odell Beckham have the same issue yeah. sometimes yeah. of drops in tight situations, in traffic, if you will. So he has some downside with the drops, but clearly this guy's upside is through the roof. Where do you end up? Where do you see him end up falling amongst wide receivers? Don't even put him in uh, the actual draft, but amongst wide receivers, where do you put him? I put him right there with Williams for me because mm-hmm. I think because it's rare. First of all, for Williams, it's rare you see a quarterback wide receiver duo come out in the same year with such high. High draft prospects. One yes. of them probably is going to be a bust. Who who benefited who? Exactly. Boston benefited Williams. Exactly. That's the whole uh, Cole Pepper Moss. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's I'll take kind Moss. of <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's kind of fishy. So In that I, situation. I. But he's got the size and he's got that big playmaking ability that everyone loves, and he's a red zone threat. He's got more parts to his game than Ross. Mm-hmm. Where Ross is a phenomenal route runner, but I think it. it, it when it comes to receivers, it's almost. Very similar to corners where it depends on what scheme you run, what you're looking for in a wide receiver. If you need that big threat, like, or if you want the smaller scat, you want that guy who wants to get open, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. Who's the tallest receiver on the Patriots? Uh, Mitchell, I think, right? 6'2". Yeah. Two? yeah. Not, not crazy size. It's no. good size, but not crazy size. It, yeah. They don't need – some teams don't rely on those big guys. Some guys love those big guys. So. And I think that's a really good point. I, I kept thinking about John Ross when I'm watching him on tape is that – He's super talented. His upside is great. But for him to be successful in year one, two, three, he needs to be in a good system. And luckily, he's not one of those guys who's getting drafted to a top five pick, a.k.a. the five worst teams in the league. <laughs> so that's good for, for John Ross. Uh, and I think everyone's kind of on the same page yeah. with that. So let's move on uh, for the sake of time. And let's talk about Joe Mixon before we get into the Giants at 23 and what the hell they can do there because they have some options. Joe Mixon is a guy who has a problem that is undeniably bad. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a lingering problem, but it's not something that he has duplicated, at least yet, right? So he has domestic violence lingering over him. But I keep hearing, for Adam Schefter said on Mike and Mike this morning, he is a first-round talent. Yep. Physically, as a football player, he is that talented. Mm-hmm. So this domestic violence thing is really you know, dragging along with him through this draft process. And again, like, like we said, we're not here to discuss the domestic violence part of it. That's a horrible thing. It's nothing we can specifically do about it. But I want to put us, say we were in a position to do something about it. Say we're all playing GM, we're all playing head coach. Where's that threshold for you guys to where Joe Mixon can go in a draft because of a problem like this? Mm -hmm. Because if he has a first-round physical talent, but people are saying he's going to go on day two in round four, five, six, where does that threshold begin and where does it end? Where are the odds of a GM coach saying, you know what? This guy has a problem, but I'm going to try to give him support. Mm-hmm. If he does this again, he's done. 
But if he shows he can be a good person, I think he's talented enough. I'm taking him in the second round. So I, that, that's kind of you just heard my opinion quickly. So what do you guys feel about this Joe Mixon situation? Um, personally, I would I would pass up on him. I feel like if that was your sister, that was your mother, you wouldn't want him on your team. You can if you're you're the GM and he hits your cousin, your, your niece or your your daughter, you're gonna draft him. So I think more personal like that. Uh, I feel like his talent is good, but I would like the McCaffrey's there. I'll take McCaffrey. Is the talent worth the little little drop of the talent worth having that guy on your team? Is it? Well, I, I don't a, think it's, it's a little, little drop. It's not uh, a yeah, little drop, but do you do you, do you sacrifice that kind of? It's a character floor. It's uh, not. It's not hitting a joint. It's not uh, failing a test. It's not stealing. It's not what, cheating on a test. It's not stealing crab legs. It's not, it's not, what, like what, what did Tyree Hill do last year for the I, Chiefs? I take him in the second Wait, round. I, I take him. I take him in the first round. I take him. What, I'm not. There's no excuse for what he did. But also, yeah, he he was 17. So uh, once again, it's not excuse. It was a long time ago. If he had constant problems. He wouldn't yeah. be in this situation anyway. I just think it's a problem no matter what it, when, when you do it. I don't know if I take him in the first round just because that brings a lot more headlines. It, it's know, like playing with dynamite. Peter taking first it's, round. It's like it's like playing with dynamite. But uh, second round, I, I would definitely I give him I give him the, the card draft card. And I, I tend to agree. I mean, and I'm I'm trying to think about it as if I'm a, a GM or a coach in the NFL. So they're running a business. They're running a team that's trying to win. Trying to win. And I don't think. Yeah, I'm putting myself in their shoes. I don't think that they feel like you do, Phil. Mm-hmm. Cuz I feel like fans, us as people, we're pe- we're regular people. We're not GMs, we're not coaches. It's easy for us to say that. But when you got say just to use the Chiefs as an example cuz they did this with Tyreek Hill, Andy Reid and I don't know who the GM of the Chiefs is. The Chiefs Holy is. Holy. Uh, I don't know. Irrele- irrelevant yeah. for the moment. <laughs> they're sitting in a room and they're saying, "All right. It's the second round or the third round right now." There's a good chance Joe Mixon's going in the fourth round. That's like people's threshold. But we think we think this guy's a stud. I'm taking him because, yeah. you know, we'll give him a short leash. If he acts up, he's gone, and we'll play the PR right. But we're also going to support him, try to make sure he becomes a better man as he grows. And we're going to use the hell out of him because he's one hell of a football player. 100% and that's how right. I think GMs and coaches look at it. Andy Reid's done it before. And it's going to show. Wilson. I mean, Vic, he's done it. You you had uh, Nick Mangold play eleven seasons, pours hard off of the Jets, and they cut him while he's on vacation without giving him any chance. When you're running this type of business, you have to be cold, you have to be calculated, and I think that takes the human element out of it, obviously. And bottom line, their job description is to win games. You know, Mike McCagden and Todd Bowles—they're on the hot seat right now because they need to win games, or they might be out of a job. Exactly. So he could also he he's he, he's dangerous. He's like he's like a Manziel type player in a way where he can get you fired by taking him, but he could also get you fired by not taking him because he's a boomer bust type of guy. He you know the potential's there. His NFL comp for me is David Johnson, so I'm not passing that off. I, I've seen Le'Veon Bell. I've seen I've seen several people that do this for a living say he is RB one yeah. on the field. I don't. I don't doubt it. He's and I, that talented. And I don't. I just have a hard time believing that GMs and coaches have as much of a conscience as a regular fan or someone like me and you. And it's sad to say because, like we said, and we're not getting deep into that side of it. It's an unexcusable thing that he did, but it's also honorable, in my opinion, to bring in a guy like that, help him grow, help him become a better man, to make sure he doesn't do something like that again. So you can really play it the right way from a PR standpoint. That you're going to say, all right, we think this guy's ultra-talented. We think he's shown growth. He actually went through a punishment in college where he got suspended. How long did he get suspended for? Off the top of my head? A whole year, I believe. He missed a whole year? 
I know he missed some time. I forget off the top of my head how much. He served a punishment about it. Yeah. Let's give this court. guy a second chance. And he, he is court. ultra talented. He, he The biggest thing for me is he released that video on his own. So that's telling me he's very open about it and he's taking ownership on, on, on the situation. So I, I believe he grew from it. Obviously, I haven't spoken to this kid. <laughs> I, I don't. I have never interviewed him. But that's what these GMs and these scouts are getting from his pro day. So we'll see how this plays out. And just to wrap it up, like, I know these, these players aren't acquired boys, but I just can't move from my team. I just want to be able to do You it. will once you score on touchdowns. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I you get, have a Chapman jersey? Oh, yeah, you Yankee fan? No, I don't have a Chapman jersey in my house. You're a Yankee fan? I am a totally different situation. No, because it's no it video. It is. No, it's not, no, it's not because yes. of that. He's already, he's already yes. in the league. He's already in the, so, so what? This is the, this is the, That's the, worse. This is the cut line. This is the, this is the cut line. He's in the league yet. So he's he's more, more, going to the league because he's a woman. So listen to this. You're rewarding him with something he did. Listen to this. Aroldis Chapman should be 10 times more mature as, how old is he? 17. It was no, like Aroldis Chapman. Oh, he's 29 now. He's 29 years old now, and that's a recent story. This kid was not even... A known college insane. guy yet. He was 17 years old. That That's even not more, an reason, excuse, not more excuse, reason to give this guy a second chance, in my opinion. I just disagree. That's it, I got to root for somebody else and running back. That's fair. And you could root for somebody else. Mm-hmm. But like Kevin said, if that guy starts scoring touchdowns for your team, you're going to start rooting for him. And uh, I think, I, just aren't going to pick him. So oh, that's very fair. Second round. So, so let's wrap this up. Um, Giants, Kevin, who we got? I have them taking uh, David Njoku, the tight end from Miami's. He similar to Marshall. He gives him that big, bodied guy. But he's they were looking at Bennett. I saw, and yep. I think that's foolish to it's keep showing out money because you're gonna have to pay your own guys at some point. Nine million dollars a year. No, thank you. They have a lot. Of, they have a lot of players coming out to be paid. He's, Beckham, two he, offensive linemen. If Jenkins and Vernon the book, the two best offensive linemen are free agents yep. next year. That's a, that's that's a lot of money. They're, they're, they're thinking big Marshall. They still uh, gotta extend JPP. So I heard Zeit, money's running tight. I heard, I heard Zeit was getting. 12 million. Uh, 12 million as a, as a guard. So, what do you think they're going to have to get those to keep those guys yeah, from going to the market? Um, so, just two names I want to mention. We need to get back to your question, Christian McCaffrey. Yes. So, McCaffrey, you have going to Green Bay. Yes. And you have uh, Jabril Peppers going to Pittsburgh. Yes. You want to touch up on that real quick? Uh, you look at McCaffrey, they said he was probably one of the most fluid receivers at the combine, mm-hmm. which just shows you his value. He He's like a. A lot of people just want to throw that white running back stigma on him, and it's wrong. He is a better Duke Johnson. He is a better Giovanni Bernard. He is that type of change of pace back that can line up in this slot and catch those 80 balls a year and also take those, you know, he, he doesn't have to be the bell cow because he's more useful in other ways. Mm-hmm. Not saying he can't be. He can be if you want him to, but he'll benefit your team by using him in so many different mismatches and on a team with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. having him in the backfield and having him split out wide with mm-hmm. Cobb and Jeffrey. It's just... Like we said before, why can't he be Gio Bernard? Why is he exactly. Be, why is he be he's Edelman? better. He's better than Gio Bernard. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's Danny better. Woodhead. But why is he be he's Danny, better. Better. Yeah, Danny Woodhead? No, he's yeah. not. Because he, cause Danny Woodhead isn't as good as a, as a Gio. Yeah, why can't he be Deion Lewis? He's better than, than Deion Lewis. He's I, better than James White. He's a freak I, athlete. Uh, I agree with what Kevin just said and Shannon Sharp, who... Uh, <laughs> You can say a lot of things about Shannon Sharp, but he said something very interesting on that the mo- the, the fastest growing sports show on yeah. TV. This is the fastest growing podcast yeah, on hopefully. iTunes as well. <laughs> <laughs> if we could say that, uh, so Shannon Sharp said that if Christian McCaffrey were African American, 
he would be looked at in a completely different light if you didn't change an inch of his physicality. And it's a fair point, but it's something that McCaffrey's going through, but I think it's something that is driving him at the same he time. He also thought of Ellen with blood. Is that for I, I, I don't think NFL teams see color the way the media and the, and the fans and do. That's a great point. Yeah. That is a great this, point. This is something similar that would happen to Joey Bosa last year. Yeah. Joey Bosa was at the top for so long. Mm-hmm. And as things went on, people started nitpicking things the way they're doing with a Miles Garrett. First non-quarterback drafted last year. Right. So we both people, people are nitpicking him the same way they're doing with Miles Garrett. Oh, he didn't produce in this game. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. But that's just because he's been at the top for so yeah. long. And NFL teams, their boards don't change. So if they have McCaffrey graded as the second-best running back, they're drafting him like he's the second-best running if they, back. If they, yeah, if they want, him, they want to run it back, they're going to take him. So let's go around the room again now with Jabril Peppers. Let's talk about what position – we think he's going to end up playing the most because he might end up playing multiple positions. So, uh, Phil, we'll start with you. We'll go around. He's a hybrid safety. You see him in box a lot. You see him running around the field. I don't think you can see much on offense. I think NFL, you got to play one position. You can't just run in on it's not college. You got to play Jamar Ball anymore. So, you think he's playing a defensive, a defensive, defensive back yeah. type of position? I think Pittsburgh is a good for, good for him. They need some playmakers on that uh, defense, especially um, some ball, playmakers getting the ball. Um, but the thing about Jabril Peppers is he kind of fell off it in the last year. So I'm not sure if he's gonna be, you know, the superstar. You know, Inter- in interesting about that was, he gets you know say oh he's a safety, he's a linebacker. Just they've lost the linebacker. That's why he was forced to play linebacker last year. Mm-hmm. He stepped up when the team needed him. Mm-hmm. If you listen to anything he says, he wants to be great. He has that Eon kind of swag. Yeah, he's a football player. He's a football yeah, player. he if he wants to don't if yeah he mind he he excelled at a lot of things. Yeah. So if he puts all his focus into being the best safety he could possibly I'm be, what what what's stopping him from doing that? He dominated he dominated running back and receiver and and punts and That's linebacker. And so where do you see him? What position you got him playing mostly in the NFL? If he's my if he's my safety, uh, that's that's great. It's probably a better strong safety than his free safety because he hasn't he doesn't have the interceptions to back it up. Yeah. He can tackle. He can he can play that Landon Collins type role. Where that's exactly who I was thinking of. He's yeah. he's not as big, but he's he's a better athlete than Landon Collins. Also fell in draft Landon Collins. If you if you look at Landon Collins, a lot of his interceptions weren't him making spectacular reads on on plays. It was kind of right place, right time. Yep. And if you watch. When it gets around the third and inches and the fourth and goals, he's in there in the backfield throwing people down. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I think Jabril Peppers can do it. old school player for I mean, Steelers. Jabril Peppers is 5'10", 215 pounds. Landon Collins is a mountain. And, <laughs> uh, we've met this, Phil and I have met this man personally, and yeah. let me tell you something, he does not look like a safety. I thought he was a linebacker. Yeah. Um, I, I see Jabril Peppers as a safety, and I. I don't know that I could put him in the class as Landon Collins. I, I think he's, you know, one of those. Jack of all trades, master of none players. So a lot of people are higher on him than I am. I, I just, to me, I, I don't see him as a tier one safety. It'd be interesting to see if he goes up a little bit. I and mean, we have him at thirty. See, maybe he goes up a little bit. I, I'm personally he'll probably interview pretty well. Well, because so, right now there's a guy going out um, on the free agent market that he's regarded as the best safety right now, Tony Jefferson. Yeah. Phenomenal player, right? Yeah, absolutely. Same, same exact size as Jabril Peppers. He's yeah. not the athlete Jabril Peppers is. He's a key component in that secondary for Arizona. He is, yeah, exactly. He's, he's not. He doesn't make the flashy plays that uh, Matthew does, but he's the guy uh, in the backfield taking people. That's down. what I'm saying. Like Jabril Peppers is more of a safety size. He, I, I, I know he played linebacker, but linebacker in college and linebacker in the NFL are two different animals. Mm-hmm. So let's end the rep here. Um, give me one bold prediction for the draft, Kev. One bold prediction. First round. First round. Uh, non quarter. Try to go non quarterback. Well, the I think the Browns are going to trade twelve for Garoppolo. And I think the Patriots ship that pick to well, New Orleans. 
they get Cook, mm-hmm. and then I think um, the Sa- back to back picks. Yeah, and I, I think that the the Saints end up getting like a uh, you know I right now have them taking Allen, and then I, they could take an Allen and uh, McDowell, and then their their D line set. Yeah. So I see them because they want to build their defense, and I think they can use. That it's pick. been the mo for the Saints for what since Drew Brees ever began. Yeah. So they had a great Super Bowl defense, but ever since then it's like, oh, the offense is there. Drew Brees, they're shopping, but right. the defense well, it has never been there. They, he doesn't need cooks. He can he can do it with Snead. He can do it with yeah. the, the the Joe that Michael, Tom, the, Michael Thomas in, in, in the fifth round, like they did last year in the third round with mm-hmm. Michael Thomas in yep. the second, whatever it was. Greg, one ball position. Uh, Trubisky goes to San Francisco. Wow. Okay. Oh, all right. I like that. I like that. Um, I'm gonna throw my bold prediction of Joe Mixon first round. Yeah. This is and this is my quick reasoning. I heard about his pro day the other day, and I think a lot of GMs are playing their cards right. They're saying we don't want any part of him. We don't want any part of him. Away it's Oklahoma's pro day, and we gotta sit down with Joe Mixon. Yeah. Let me talk to this guy. Let's see what he's got. Let's see if he's a good dude. Let me read him. Yeah. I can fix him. I can fix him. Yeah. Like the crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> so um, I think Joe Mixon's going the first round. My bold prediction is OJ Howard goes a little early in 20 and he's a freak athlete. I think the Jets really, really, really try to trade down. I think the six pick that's, 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 as we see, there's a lot of talent in the draft. The question is who's their partner? Who, who, who are they going to dance with in the dance? Who knows? But they're doing they're to trade down. I agree. And that's good stuff. I mean, we touched on so, so much. The last thing I want to do, literally just yes or no answer McCaffrey or Fournette? Phil. I mean, uh, McCaffrey uh, over. Yeah. Sorry, yes yeah. or no answer. Would you take McCaffrey over Fournette? I guess it's always it's always preference on your style of your team. Yeah, uh, I think I'd rather go Fournette. Greg Fournette, Fournette. It's a, it's similar to the Bosa effect. He's <clears throat> he's been at the top of so long. Yeah. People just trying. I, mean, to I got by Nick picking him. His injuries. Yeah, that's right. very you fair. You see a guy playing Saturday. <laughs> he he pops up the screen. Yeah, that's so you. Uh, very fair. I I'm I'm gonna lean I'm gonna, I lean Fournette as well. But if I end up with McCaffrey, you know what? No, I'm taking McCaffrey. I'm taking McCaffrey because the reason why I just switched in my head is because I thought about a majority of the offenses in the NFL, and so many of them use scat backs and use their their, yeah. their running backs as receivers, and even the best running backs split out into the slot or go out wide, and McCaffrey's a stud at that. And I'll, I'll take McCaffrey. They've also said you know, Fournette. No, no injuries to McCaffrey. Fournette is a better prospect than Zeke and Gurley. Yeah. So like, there's like, so so many things going on in this draft. This is gonna be a great draft. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing this again soon. I know that. We'll do. We'll do Kevin Greg will be back before the draft. So, Ke- uh, Pete, you wanna wrap it up? Yes, I do. And uh, we meant to do this in the middle of the <laughs> podcast, but we were so intensely talking about all the different things going on with the quarterbacks: Miles Garrett, Brandon Marshall, Jimmy Garoppolo, Fournette, McCaffrey, Peppers, all these guys. We forgot to announce our winner for at JM Man Cave Sports Instagram. I mean, you can follow them at JM Man Cave Sports on Instagram. But for their giveaway that they hooked us up with, a Jerry Rice Super Bowl 23 autographed picture. And the winner is, can we do a little mini drum roll? Don't go too hard. Don't go too hard. We need a soundboard. We need a soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> soundboard. All right. And the winner is Aaron Allen, who is at A Star 06. Pretty sure his bio reads Bay Area Life. So he might be out there in California listening to the Sports Blog New York podcast. That's why I want the Jerry Rice. And he, yeah, I guess that's why he wants that Jerry Rice. So he must be a Niners fan, so good for him. Congratulations to at ASTAR06. That's Aaron Allen on Twitter. We will be messaging you soon with your winnings. So congratulations. Congratulations. And again, this is the Sports Blog New York podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. I'm Philly. Greg Muscow. Kevin Kennedy. Thank you for listening as always. And if you so kindly like what you've been hearing, 
Go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast network at Sports Blog New York. Leave a rating, leave a review, and tell us how much you love us because I know we're great. So have a good day and enjoy the NFL free agency.